You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, doing well. Healthy alive, yeah. Yourself? I'm doing okay, seeing as how we can now bend and stretch our uh, our images into whatever way we need, thanks to you. <laughs> right. So I appreciate you yeah. pointing that out, because I was scratching my head for about three hours today, so thanks for throwing all that together. I appreciate that. Saves me time mm-hmm. now. Now I can spend that extra time getting the image right where I need it. So yeah, right. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, <laughs> side issue, but let's get into and I'm kind of you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm exhausted. Today's one of those days where you know how you just like you wake up and like I, I woke up today and I was like, OK, I'm just I'm just tired. I'm going to get some I'm going to get a drink of water. and I'm going to go back to sleep. And I looked at my clock and it was 1030. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> it was Saturday. I was sleeping in a little bit. And I was like, OK, I can't go back to sleep. And then, yeah. And just all day, it's just been a, you know, like a long drag. And so I uh, I took a little bit of a nap. And it's just, I, I just can't seem to get caught back up. I don't know if it's just like the long week or whatever it is. But uh, today I was just exhausted. But uh, let's start with let's start with a debate. OK, the question is, is there going to be a debate because it's coming up on Tuesday, right? Supposedly, right? That's the scheduled time. It's coming up on Tuesday. But is it actually going to happen? That's the question. If you've noticed what's going on with Joe, Joe's coughing a little bit, isn't he? He's, he's coughing. He's he has a little he's had a little coughing spout or spat. He's had. What, what was it he had the other day? He shut his campaign down at like 930 in the morning because he was he was a little tired. You notice. So I, I'm betting that there's something that's going to be over the top enough called covid that they'll shut it down with. They'll they'll come out and say, well, um, you know, before he was uh, before he was scheduled to be there, of course, we want to make sure that everything's safe. So it's either going to be him or it's going to be one of his staffers that test positive. That's my guess. That's my guess. And I, hey, I hope I'm wrong because I want to see a debate. I want to see a debate. The American people want to see a debate, so I hope I'm wrong. But they got to keep him off those st- off that stage. I don't know what they're going to do, but they have got to keep him off that stage. Well, I, I agree. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. So th- the thing about it is, is we've set the bar so low for Biden. Um, basically, basically, if he goes up on stage and has a halfway coherent um, argument, he pretty much wins. Like. He's not going to really gain anything and he's not really going to lose anything. Trump, I, I I believe Trump's really the one that's going to, he's the one with the biggest uh, range, if you will. It's his to lose in the debate. And depending on how, what what Biden's plan of attack is, um, if, if they can get a Twitter war on stage and uh, get away from uh, policies and whatnot, it's going to be a kind of a bad debate, I think. It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to enjoy a Twitter Twitter war on stage. That'd be fun. But as far as for America, it's not going to be good. It's going to be somewhat of a loss for Trump. Uh, I, I know some of the the um, demographics, you know, voting demographics, uh, specifically uh, more of your your Midwestern, you know, smaller, smaller town people, they don't really like the New Yorker way, if you will, the brashness, especially... Um, 
stay at home mobs, you know, that type, that, that type of um, demographic, they, they don't like that kind of stance necessarily. At least that's what, that's what I'm seeing in a lot of the um, polling stuff. So I, I honestly, I'm looking forward to the debate. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun circus, but as far as who's going to win it, it, it's Biden still has a chance of winning it or not really winning it. Trump really losing it. Uh, and it, it but at so the same what you're time, saying Trump is, pulls out. What, what you're saying is, is it's Trump's election to lose pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it, for, for example, on the on the debate stage, if he's if he was to mention uh, Hunter Biden and pull out the Burisma or the the, the Russian stuff like Biden will will collapse, essentially, because you see how angry he gets with people. And he's like, challenging them to push-ups or challenging them, you know, look fat. I'll take you behind the, 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 yeah, look fat, or I'll take you behind the, the, you know, I'll take you to the bike rack or I'll take you, you know, whatever he, he's, he's talking about fighting, you know, it's like, come on, dude. Come on, come man. On, man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's going to be entertaining for those that aren't in the know. That's also at 8 PM central on Tuesday. So, you know, 9 PM Eastern. Okay. So uh, Nancy Pelosi, right? Speaker Pelosi, you know, she's uh, she's just a glimmer of glimmer of hope. She is ray of sunshine. She says that uh, why bother holding a presidential debate when Trump isn't committed to our Constitution? Uh, She was on CBS this morning the other day. Yeah, I know. I'm shaking my head, too. She was on the CBS the other the other day. She was talking to uh, Gail King and she said earlier. This is her quote. She says, you had earlier suggested that you didn't think Biden should do a debate. Do you still feel that way? And she says, I do. Not that I don't think he'll be excellent. Oh, yes, because he's <laughs> that's exactly just, why <laughs> Nancy just put put a teleprompter in front of him. He can read anything that's on that teleprompter unless it's 200,000 or 200 million. He kind of gets those confused. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. I just think that the president has no fidelity to fact or truth. And actually, in his comments the last few days, no fidelity to the Constitution of the United States. He and his are you you can't be serious. Lady, you've done nothing but trample the Constitution of the United States for the last four years. Well, longer than that, technically, but the last four years, especially. I mean, you talk about the Constitution. You you got the you got a lot of gall to sit there and talk about the Constitution and the rule of law. You've done nothing but break it. You committed a felony on national television. You tore up the uh, the State of the Union address. You can't do that. That's a felony. If you didn't know, he and his henchmen are a danger with their comments. Are a danger to our democracy. We're not a democracy. Okay. We're not a democracy. And the sooner you people understand that, the sooner we can vote you out on your whatever. Um, He and his henchmen are a danger with their comments. Uh, Who's been fomenting uh, hatred and division and uh, and and thuggery out there in the streets? Who's been doing that for the last? uh, Oh, I don't know. Four years. Who's been doing that? So who's a danger here? Who's got henchmen out there promoting these messages? Who's got your running dogs in the media putting up with all this uh, or putting out all this this garbage? So I didn't want him to excuse me. I didn't want to give him, you know, why bother? She says he doesn't tell the truth. He isn't committed to our Constitution. Who for for COVID, right? Who was who was saying we should have a national lockdown? Who was that again? Oh, right. The Democrats. They were the ones saying we should lock down the nation um, I'm sorry, that's not constitutional. The president doesn't have that power. Technically, the governors don't have that power, nor do mayors. They can't tell you you can't open your business. That's not within their authority. Some states do have some, you know, uh, powers for emergencies, you know, uh, but that's more emergency stuff like, oh, I don't know, a hurricane, tornado, earthquake, you know, kind of real emergencies. Um, this pandemic 
Um, not really an emergency. Sorry. Now that we have all the numbers and we see the statistics and everything, you guys shut down the nation on, on local levels, the governors and mayors for the flu. And you screwed up how many millions of lives now because of that? So no, he's, he's been a better constitutional president than we've had in, well, probably 20 years. I would say probably within, uh, since Ronald Reagan, that that's, that's my call. Sorry. You know, now you can argue that it's been a steady progression all the way up through the years. Honestly, I, if you, even if you go back to like Bill Clinton, OK, you can say what you want about Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was uh, an, an angel cake compared to the last guy. OK, <laughs> and the guy before that, to be fair. So if you want to talk about presidents that uh, that respect the Constitution, I mean, it's been a slow progression. George W. He didn't. He, or excuse me. George Herbert Walker. Yeah, George. No, no, not George. No, no, I was, I was meeting yeah, his father. Senior. Yeah, yeah. George yeah. Herbert Walker. George H. W. That was a little different. That was uh, that was a different scenario. I don't remember him specifically. Now, the whole thing with Operation Desert Storm and all that stuff. I mean, I was really young. I think I was in the second grade, first or second grade at the time. So, I mean, I was. I just watched know. a documentary on that here the other day. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. But uh, I mean, not a week ago. As, I mean, I was too young to understand what the constitutionality of everything that was going on back then. I, I was too young to do that. So I couldn't really make a judgment call at the time. But as time went on and I started to see what was actually happening, what was being done by these presidents. I mean, once once George W., of course, his son, you know, I, I mean, I was I was in high school when Clinton was in. And then uh, once George W. got in, uh, George Bush Jr., once he got in, the predecessor to Obama, then, of course, I was politically aware at the time. Not obviously as much as I am now, but at the time, of course, that's when 9-11 happened. And I thought, wait a minute, what are we doing all this stuff for? I mean, that was the first time in my life that I actually saw things that my government was doing. And I thought, what are we doing? Really, what are we doing? And and more than that, how is this going to affect me? How's this going to affect my life? How's this going to affect my family's life? You know, the, these things. That's the first time in my life I was actually concerned about what my government was actually doing. So I've been able to kind of, um, you know, develop a, a more uh, political awareness and a political understanding ever since. Because once I started to see how this was fundamentally altering our way of life at the very foundation of it, I thought, okay, this is this is kind of concerning. And so I, I kind of woke up by default. But it's difficult sometimes when you're seeing those things and you're trying to explain it to people that just don't see it. I was always the type of person that would think outside of the box. I, I wasn't the one that would blindly follow what was going on with the television. I've never been that kind of person. Everyone else has always been doing one thing, and I've always been that guy off to the side saying, uh, are you guys sure you want to do this? I mean, I, I've always been that kind of person, and I'm that way now. I, I'm that way now, especially now with all this stuff that's going on with all this uh, COVID crap. Everyone's so blindly following all this stuff, and I stop. I, I just look at people. Right? You ever just people watch, Bruce? I know you do. You, you oh, just yeah. people watch. Oh, yeah. It's amazing the amount of people that just capitulate. It's amazing. It's like I finally saw that video you were talking about yesterday. I saw parts of it, but I watched the whole thing last night because I had time. And I saw the video of the woman in Ohio, in my home state of Ohio. They got dragged out by the cop for not wearing a mask. Do you know what should have happened there? Every single person who was in that stand, every single person who was who were in those stands should have stood up and walked over there. Every single person. Mm -hmm. Instead, mm -hmm. what'd you have? You had people sitting there with their arms crossed, looking over, shaking their heads, not paying attention. Those people are sheep. They're always going to be sheep. They're conformists. They're not going to stand up. They're never going to do anything. You don't treat people like that. I don't care. I don't care who you are. You don't treat people like that. 
if you're an officer of the law, especially you don't treat people like that. You treat people with respect and dignity. It's nothing personal. It's just business. When you go to make an arrest on somebody, then you still treat them with respect and dignity. Every single time I ever did anything like that, I still, even though I despised what they were doing, I despised the lifestyle that they had, I despised the choices that they made. That didn't affect how I treated them because I still treated that person with respect and dignity. This bastard cop did none of that, did none of that. And the best thing that he should have done that day was just walk on. Yeah. But when I saw that, the, I I got very, very angry. I was very angry. Oh, I, I seen that. And I was like, you are very lucky, officer. I'm not your your um, commanding officer or whatever. Like, oh, if there would have been said, a, badge and gun now, you're out. Yeah, absolutely. You're out of here. You're, you are out of here. You, you don't you don't do that over a mask, especially over a mask. That is ridiculous. And I, I mean, because he tased her even. Like he was manhandling her and everything over a mask because she refused to wear one. I'm sorry that there's no law in place that says we have to wear masks. So, yeah, I'm I'm on board. I, I that officer should have been he's the one that should have been arrested. He's the one that was acting out of out of hand. And um, honestly, though, it was a, it was a big black dude. So you, the, the kind of narrative that you would have thrown on you. OK, fine. Because of the, fine. The crazy. But but nonetheless, nonetheless, where where, yeah. where were all the people that were stand, that should have been there, there standing up? I mean, the woman's being dragged away and she's screaming back at the people in the stand saying, so we're all in it together, huh? Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. All right. Speaking of all this nonsense about uh, uh, illegal mandates and all that nonsense, I mean, that, that's what all this is. It's all illegal. No, none of this is legal. None of it. None of it. They're just doing it. If it violates the Constitution, it's illegal. I saw something out of your home state of Colorado. One of the states I've lived in, yeah. Was it not your home state then? Oklahoma's my home state. Oklahoma's that's where I was born. I lived. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I lived in Colorado for a few years, like six okay. years. My mistake. But I saw something out of, um, well, you don't really consider it to be part of Colorado, I don't think. Boulder, you don't you don't consider it to be. Or is, yeah. or is it Denver? Is it Denver or is it both of them? Yeah, it's Boulder. Boulder is the, the, the communist. Um, the communist area. The communist. Yeah. You know, I actually heard I, I was yeah. listening today. Somebody said the question. It was a it was a random like man on the street kind of thing. The question was, what does the D.C. in Washington, D.C. stand for? And they didn't know. Right. It was just a <laughs> don't <question>. come here. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they said, no, I'm sorry. That's not the right answer. We're, that's not the answer we're looking for. Sorry, that's incorrect. Uh, it's, it stands for damn communists is what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> OK, um, uh, Colorado University of Boulder. Right. Their students, quote, feel trapped after gathering after a gathering ban for 18 to 20 year old students. Did you take a look at this? What What is this all about? They're saying they're targeting college students, whether you go to college or not. So they're just going for that age group, which, by the way, that's discrimination when you target a specific group. That's not. But it's for your legal. safety. It's for your safety. It says uh, since the start of the school year, students have been caught on camera disobeying social distancing and face mask guidelines. Yeah. You, you know something? Uh, the the student age group is they're the ones that are least vulnerable. Uh, so uh, these are these are recommendations anyway. The the masks we've had the CDC come out and say that the masks are only there to curb anxiety to keep people calm. It doesn't actually really do anything. I mean, it might stop spittle, but it doesn't it doesn't stop the virus. And there we we we're also seeing research now that says the virus is mutated. It's even more contagious and making basically the masks and washing your hands invalid like it doesn't matter 
Says here the university chancellor, uh, Phil DiStefano, uh, addressed students' concerns in a news conference. He says, we are focusing on the virtual events that we can create for students while they are experiencing college life in such an altered way. With in-person learning also suspended for now, some students say they've been scammed. Well, if you're still charging the same amount of money and they don't get the same experience of actually being there, then... How about you? How about you cut down on their tuition just a little bit? Yeah, can you knock it down by like maybe I don't know ten grand a semester? That might help them out just a little bit. Or you know I don't know maybe the students should uh, get together and file lawsuits because they're not getting the education that they paid for. They're not getting the what they what they paid for. So um, they're violating constitutional rights, saying you can't do these things, otherwise you're out. Um, I'm sorry if you're taking federal funding uh, again. I. If you take federal funds, then you're bound by the Constitution. You're essentially a, a government surrogate and freedom of speech, freedom, freedom to um, peacefully assemble. You know, those those bits. I don't know. You know, kind of deep in the Constitution. I know most people don't read that far into it. Um, but, um, you know, it's kind of the First Amendment. You're kind of violating those things for these guys. So especially when they paid for it. So uh, yeah, I, I feel for them. But yeah, it, I, honestly, I, I, I kind of. In a way, I kind of don't, you know, it's like, yeah, you're you're scammed into that system now. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about them getting their hooks into you and keeping you on the hook for that debt for the rest of your life. And then they own you. That's that's a way of uh, of grabbing a hold of you uh, at a very young age. So you come out of the colleges and you have no future because you've been dumbed down through the education system. You've been educated in the the ways of wokeness, shall we say, and you don't understand what's actually happened. And so. What do you do? You support Bernie Sanders and you go out there and you burn businesses down because you think it's owed to you. That's what happens. They're saying that um, they're seeing <clears throat> surges in uh, in that particular demographic. Well, why are we seeing surges all of a sudden? You notice we're seeing surges everywhere. All, all these surges are just now popping up just mysteriously. They're popping up everywhere. In college age. In, in college, college age. Interesting. And 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 we're going to talk about this here in just a few minutes. New York's talking about locking back down because Brooklyn and I think Manhattan are now new hotspots. Hmm. Yeah. Could it be the fact that they, we said that they were holding the second wave for the cold snap? First cold snap. Yeah. yeah. What do we say? Cold and flu season I, happens every year at this time. The university is saying that uh, in-person learning is suspended for at least at least two weeks. And students are told no gatherings are allowed except for essential purposes. Define essential because that's not what the Constitution says. I mean, any gathering that's peaceful is technically essential because the Constitution guarantees it. I like some of the comments on the article, though. How are you liking communism now? It's a fair point. It's a really fair point. Okay. Um, but let's, all right, let, let's kind of keep with the colleges here because this is interesting. Now, I know that you looked at this one. Florida wants a student bill of rights for college students, don't they? They do. As they're seeing the uh, the surges in the cases in college students, right? As this is actually happening. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, he says that he wants to fight for your right to party. Isn't that a, uh, isn't that a song? Was that a song from like the 70s? You got to fight for your right to party. Yeah. He wants to fight for your right to party. So according to the AP, DeSantis said he plans to seek a bill of rights for college students following crackdowns on parties and other social gatherings blamed for a surge in coronavirus um, on cases on campuses around the country. So he wants to kick the door open on all this and, and put it to bed. And I say, bravo, governor, get on with it. He says, I understand that universities are trying to do the right thing, but I personally think it's dramatically draconian that a student could get potentially expelled for going to a party. That's what college kids do, which is true. That's what college kids do. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to you're going to expel them. You're going to take all their money. 
Is that what you're going to do? That's what some institutions were doing initially. There was one college that was actually expelling kids because they got caught at a party. And it, what was it like at a hotel or something? Well, I don't even think it was on campus. They got caught at a party and they expelled them and they they kept their tuition money. Uh, you might as well just have a, a legalized shakedown. I mean, you might as well just hold yeah. them up at gunpoint, for God's sake. Yeah, this uh, honestly, that's ridiculous. They, the only reason you should be, a, be able to expel someone or even suspend them is for legal violation, like breaking a law. That's the only that's the only reason you should be expelled. It, you, you, the policies and everything that you have in, in place, uh, honestly, you, you could have like reprimand them in some way or or some other means, but kicking them out, I'm sorry, it, they paid for it. The only the only reason that I could validate kicking someone out is um, they, they've done something illegal and violating a, a mayor or governor's um, edict, you know, like wearing a mask, socially distancing, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. That's not a law. Those those positions do not create laws. That's not their job. It's kind of similar to the president in that they're executives. You know, they they just make sure everything's flowing properly. You know, functioning, making sure that the law is upheld, not created. Okay, so it doesn't say anything in here about what the Bill of Rights actually should be, unless it's in there and I missed it. Uh, is there something on it that he actually wants to propose? And no, he hasn't. He hasn't released any of that. He hasn't specified what's what's in the bill right now, uh, the Bill of Rights for college students. Okay, All right. Well, good on him then. Let's jump up to New York. New York's talking about new shutdowns. I thought New York had had everything under control, didn't they? Didn't they have everything under control? Yeah, they they did. They they beat it. Yeah, I could have swore they did. She was praising him. He was. Well, apparently that was kind of out of context, I think. What, saying New York did a fantastic job? They had a rough time. And did he? Did he actually say that it? though? I mean, did did he actually say that? Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, yeah. you're right, Judy. I don't want to get involved in politics, but all I can do uh-huh. is plead with the people out there to uh-huh. be consistent and listen to what if health officials like myself, if I may, are oh. saying. Put everything else aside and uniformly do the right thing. Uh huh. We have a problem. We need to admit it and own it. But we've got to do the things that are very clear that we need to do to turn this around. Remembering Uh we can do it. We know that when you do it properly, you bring down those cases. We've Mm -hmm. done it. We've done it in New York. New York got hit worse than any place in the world. And they did it correctly. Okay. Did you hear what he just said? They got hit worse than anywhere else in the world, and they did it correctly. Did you hear that? They did it in New York. You, you, you notice what else they, he said there? Uh, and this is, this is. I think I talked about this off air. I don't think I've talked about this on recording yet. I kind of believe that Fauci had a direct hand in some of the policies in New York. He just said there, we, he said we in that. Not New York, not, you know, the people of New York, not, not even just the governor. He says we. Because he's a New Yorker himself, by the way. It almost seems like it's a cover-up, wouldn't you think? It kind of feels that way, that he's trying to cover up uh, himself, saying that how wonderful it was because he was a part of it when you boil things down. He was probably on the phone with the governor quite often and the mayor of New York. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 maybe that's why you don't, you don't see the actual numbers from the retirement homes. Maybe that's... Um, Part of it. Well, maybe they don't have the numbers. Yeah, maybe they don't have the numbers because they actually don't know the numbers because they were just so high. They they may have not intentionally not tracked those numbers uh, so that it doesn't come back and bite them in the ass. So New York's done it correctly, right? 
But they've done it so correctly and they've done it so well, in fact, that they're talking about new shutdowns over COVID clusters, right? New clusters are forming because it's the yeah, you're shaking your head again. For the first time in months, New York City might have to roll back the reopening. Yeah, because you, you're not you're not doing what you're told up there. You're not doing what you're told. You're not closing down and boarding up all your businesses. All right. It can't just be a little bit. It has to be all of them. All this has to go away. Certain neighborhoods are growing clusters, they're saying. The top doctor in New York has warned on Friday. Gee, I wonder how he I wonder who he's tied in with. This may be the most precarious moment that we've been facing since the emergence of the lockdowns. I would uh I would recommend New Yorkers to um get out and move to uh, you know, some other part of the US with lower taxes and um maybe maybe better weather as well. And um Keep in mind that uh, the people that you voted for caused the collapse of your um, illustrious city there in New York. Keep that in mind when you move somewhere else, because um, those of us here in the middle America, we like our low taxes. We like our guns. Keep that in mind when you you know, move to some other place in the U.S. You know, if I were going to leave the city, if I were a city dweller and I were going to leave and I were going to go somewhere, I mean, you know what I would do by default, by default. I mean, and I've done this, right? You, you can't take the attitude that you had to where you go. You can't do that because, I mean, it would just be the opposite. When I came from the small Midwestern town that I came from and I moved to the big city, I had to readjust because it, it's not the other way around. But the city folk, they come out to Midwestern rural America and they expect everyone to conform to them. No, you have to show the same amount of respect that we show when we go into your part of the country. That's how it has to be. I would adjust and I would adjust accordingly because that's just what you do. But the Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Shokshi, what, whatever, I, uh, Shokshi, I think is his name. I, I don't know. You got me on that one. The one that said that this may be the most precarious moment since we've, we're facing since the emergency lockdown. He says, we will move as swiftly as the situation warrants. If this growth continues, it will turn into widespread transmission, potentially citywide. But let's look at some because right here they're saying the clusters have been growing at such an alarming rate in the past week. And again, over the past few days that the health department says reopening rollbacks may be implemented for the first time since the city's recovery period if progress is not made. Well, what is enough progress? That that's that's the, that's the question people need to be asking here. What is enough progress? Where does this stop? Where where do you say that enough is enough? Well, when you shut down all the businesses, when you bankrupt everything, is that enough? When people lose all their homes, is that enough? Where where does it end? And more than that, Where's the run on the hospitals? Do you, do you remember that people seem to have forgotten this? Do you remember the uh, the Navy hospital ship that was brought into Los Angeles and was brought into New York? We pulled both of them off assignment from different parts of the world. We moved them to Los Angeles. We moved one to Los Angeles. We put the other one in New York Harbor. I remember the uh, the useless mayor up there, de Blasio, giving a press conference in front of it. What happened to those hospital ships? They treated what? Five patients? <laughs> like, yeah, like five or six people. Yeah. And they left the Javits mm-hmm. Center. They turned the Javits Center into an emergency hospital, just like they did with the Nightingale Hospital uh, in London. OK, just like they did there. They treated a handful of patients and they sent them on. Where's the rush on the hospitals? It's not there. It's not there. Where are the deaths? No. They're not there. So what is enough? What's a cluster to these people? Someone sneezing? Someone coughing? It, it, but uh, clearly you're, you're forgetting about what Biden said. We've had 200 million die so far from COVID. Oh, 
I know. I just, you know, I, I, I should have paid more attention. And then, of course, you know, uh, Speaker Pelosi, she had that vigil out there in front of the Washington Monument the other day. And I just where where are my manners? Where's my respect? I hear you. Well, it, it just what, a month ago, Biden also said we've lost 120 million from gun violence. So, I so mean, Biden, you, you might want to shoot a text to your friends and family to make sure they're still alive, because between the two, man, that's that's the 90 percent of the United States. So they're breaking it down as to where these clusters are actually uh, where they're actually forming. If you notice, these are all the areas where they have. These are the largest Jewish communities across the uh, the city. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. Mayor de Blasio, he was asked if there was enough Yiddish-speaking contact tracers who would communicate and connect with the community. Yes, because you need little minders now that are going to go around that are not going to get any information that they need. So you're just going to declare the whole thing uh, a mess and you're going to lock everything down because you're going to paint it all with one brush because this is not what you do. What is he going to do when those communities refuse to lock down? They have to refuse to lock down. They have to refuse. People have to start standing up. If you don't stand up, then do you understand what's going to happen? Do, do you understand what's going to happen? Let, let me put this very clearly, okay? Because I understand history, and there are a lot of other people out there that understand history too. Do you understand what happens if you do not stand up in the face of this? I, I'm going to I'm going to put it very simply. What we saw in China will come here, and it will come here very quickly. And if you think for one minute that these people are not going to force their way into your house and drag you and your family members out and hauled off to some detention center for not wearing a mask, you are sorely mistaken. So you either stand up now or you don't. And you know what happens if you don't? I'm just going to leave that one hanging. New York. OK, so the daily. OK, so they're, they're, they're basing this off of off of testing, which I mean, we know what they're testing for. So we, we base this. Excuse me. They're basing this off of testing. So they're looking at 38,000 tests over the last uh, two weeks. Excuse me. Is this New York City? This is New York City. Yeah. So they're looking at 38,238 tests. They're looking at um, a 1% positive. So you're going to lock the whole city down for 1% positive overall. So they tested. These are daily. These are daily tests. Okay. So Cuomo shifting the focus to uh, monitoring test results on a daily basis across each region to identify potential hotspots before they emerge. Here's the latest tracking data by region. They're looking at, okay, so as a whole, New York City. Okay, so you're looking at 38,000. So you're looking at a 1% positive rate. That's a day. Um, So they're doing 38,000 a day and they're getting a 1% positive. Yes. Okay. And then, of course, you break that down by boroughs, you know, Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, Staten Island. Uh, And then, of course, Brooklyn's got to be the they have the highest percentage at the moment. They've got 1.7% positive rates and they're doing roughly 10,000 tests a day down there. So. Let me see. Long Island, they're doing 12,000 tests a day, but around 1%, which that's kind of surprising to be fair, Long Island. Of course, Capital Region, Central New York, uh, Finger Lakes, Mid-Hudson, Mohawk Valley, North Country, Southern Tier, and Western New York. These are all the same current reopening phase. They're all in reopening phase four, which I think four is the, f- is that the final? Phase five is fully reopened, I think. Phase five is fully, okay. So yeah. they're talking about rolling back based on those numbers. I mean, we're not even over 2%. So uh, doing quick, quick statistics on that, right? That's 380 people testing positive. The 38,000 tests, that's 0.4% of the population. And let's see here, 380 is, oh, okay. So 380 testing positive. Yeah. That is 0.000004% of the population has tested positive. And um, you're going to, you're going to relog down because of 
380 people. Now, the next question is, what tests are they using? Are they using the antibody tests or are they using the the nose swab tests or, you know, throat swab or whatever? Because if they're using the antibody one, that means they had it. It does not mean they have. So that, that there's a big difference there. And the nose swab test, by the time you get the results in, most times, about 70 to 80% of the, the people that were tested are no longer no longer contagious because it takes a week to two weeks for the results to come in. So at that point, it doesn't matter, really. And the, it other, is ridiculous. the other question I have is, which which one are you using specifically? Because some of the reagents for the COVID-19 tests don't look for COVID-19. They look for coronavirus. Well, they, they could have the, the, the common cold. Or they could have, you know, depending on the the magnification or power they're using to identify the viruses, if they're using the 40 times like we is common here in the US, that means you can have the virus present in your system with absolutely no symptoms, not contagious at all. In fact, you're not even going to get it. It's your body destroying it, essentially. And it'll still show up as a positive. Whereas other countries are, are it's, it's a 30 times um, magnification or power. I, I have an idea. I have, a, I have a radical idea. How about we stop paying attention to all this and we just move on? Is that, well, is that even an option that's being considered? Well, th- th- there's other health conditions that, that happen. Like you, you get COVID-19 and you, you might have like neurological problems or, or, or heart problems or, or, or you might lose your taste or, or smell or, or. There's a million other things that can cause all that. You, you step out in the middle of the road and a bus runs you over. I mean, you. It's COVID-19. Bro. You, you make it. I know. But my point is, is there's so many things that could kill us in one day that a virus is it, how many thousands of viruses are out there right now that could kill you at any moment? You know, lick the top of your desk. Anything you just licked up is something that could have killed you. Your immune system takes care of all those kind of things. So, no, we just we need to get out there. It is not 90% of the population that's vulnerable to this disease. Most people already have um, the T cells, the antibodies and everything that are cross adaptive, across um, the, the work against COVID-19, even though you haven't been exposed to COVID-19 yet because of other coronaviruses. They're so similar that your body already has a defense mechanism, which we've talked about. That's why you can have a 19 to 20% of the population exposed to COVID-19 and get herd immunity. It's because everybody are, has already been exposed to the flu or or just genetically. There's some people that are genetically able to to go against it. So I don't know. There was There was... There's more. There's some research papers I, I've been meaning to look into that I, I was just made aware of yesterday and I haven't read into them. It's a bunch of, you know, science mumbo jumbo and I'd have to go in and define mm-hmm. some words and to, to even understand talk. it. Yeah, that's what a I, lot of I academic like. Talk. I, that's what um, I like about that, that's kind of what I like about white papers from time to time. I mean, we dig through a lot of white papers around here. And yeah. it's for those that don't know white papers, that's what the academic world and the uh, the world's so-called elite use to talk to each other. Like that's that's yeah. what they that's what they do. And so that's all it is. It's essentially okay, think of a curtain. Okay, like the media is the curtain, okay? They're the sideshow that they want you to see. Well, I, I don't want to look at those idiots. I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. So if you want to know what's going on behind the scenes, start digging into white papers. Look at the white papers of the World yeah. Economic Forum. Look at the white papers of the scientific community. Look at the white papers of uh, the United Nations, the Rockefeller Foundation, these organizations. Universities. Start look- yeah. Universities. Yeah, start looking at them. Yeah. And you'll find out what uh, what's going on behind the scenes and what these people are basing these agendas around. 
around. This is not being done by chance. None of this is being done by chance. All of this is being done on purpose. You're meant to see the policy on the surface. Everything that's happening that affects your life is what you're meant to see. Everything that we see behind the scenes of this, we know what the agenda is behind it. We know how that's being played out. And we know what's going to come next because we read what they write about. This is their plan. Their plan. That's why we say this is not about a virus. This is about the economy. This is about shutting down your business so they can vertically integrate the entire system. They want all of this stuff dependent, right? They, they want everything set up to where you're dependent on them. As I said yesterday, we were in the process of rejecting them the elites, the tech companies, the corporations, all of it. We were in the process in the US and in Europe, we were in the process of backing away from all this. The European Union, the big tech companies, the ruling elites in and amongst the United States and parts of uh, Western Europe. We were breaking away from them. Now, guess what? Guess what? We have a pandemic and we need them again, don't we? We need them again. We need them to set everything straight. We need them to turn around and, and, and lift all these restrictions so we can get back to life as normal. See, it's like somebody that uh, that kidnaps you. Yeah, it's like somebody that kidnaps you. And then they say after they've after they've beaten the hell out of you for a while, they say, OK, well, yeah, you're free to go. But uh, no one's going to treat you as good as I do. No one's going to give you everything I've given you. That's what these Stockholm people are. Syndrome. That's who these people are. Lighting. Yep. That's who these people are. And so you yeah, want to go I back mean, to that? You, you want to live like that? You want to live under these scumbags? You, you want to live under these pieces of garbage, these low life degenerates that have never accomplished anything in their lives? Do you want to live under these people? I don't. I don't. I can live for myself. I can think for myself. I can be myself. I don't need these people. I just need these people to shut up and do their jobs. That's all I need them to do. I don't need to be dictated to by them. Go ahead. If you if we don't stand up and resist this now, we're going to see more articles like this. This is a headline, by the way. Sheriff's bust illicit indoor wedding in Queens with nearly 300 guests. A friggin wedding. They're having a wedding and you go in and bust the wedding. This kind of nonsense that this that that was supposed to be that couple's like most important day of their life. Like this is the moment they'll remember forever. And this is what you do is go in and 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 break it up. If we don't resist these kind of lockdowns, this nonsense that we're seeing, it's going to be the norm. You, you want to have a public gathering? You want to have any any uh, moniker, any 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 small amount of normalcy, they're going to come in and bust it up because you're not socially distancing. You're not wearing a mask. You're not fill in the blank, whatever the next thing is, because, you know, COVID's going to eventually kind of sputter out and just become, you know, the flu. Are they going to keep going with COVID-19 and go to COVID-20 because, you know, flu or well, they're already they saying that it's, something else? They're already saying it's mutating with a more uh, mm -hmm. contagious, violent form. Yeah. yeah. More, more virulent strain. Now it's not more deadly. Mm -hmm. It's just more contagious. Yeah. Now they say, they say, which, which leads me to believe, what are they going to do next? Because and I'm, I'm legitimately curious about that because they're saying that this quote, <clears throat> new strain, I'm doing the, uh, the air quotes for those that can't mm -hmm. see. They have this new strain that renders masks and social distancing ineffective. Hmm. What's next? Lockdown. You have to lock down. That's the only solution. <laughs> we have to lock down against a virus that excels in a lockdown environment. We all have to lock down. No, you can't go outside. You can't. What are you, what are you trying to kill us or something here? Is that, is, well, is that what your goal the good, is? Well, the good news here is, Bruce, is that the only thing you're going to be able to to count on to save you from all this is is a vaccine, right? That That's what's going to save you. It's it's going to be a oh, vaccine. I, I, that's, I thought you were going to say 357 or 45 or uh, my bad. Well, I mean... <laughs> 
I mean, you kind of beat me to the punch, but I was specifically referencing the vaccine because uh, your your friend up there, Governor Cuomo of New York, because we were talking about New York, mm. he's saying yeah. that he won't accept the FDA's approval of a vaccine. He, he won't accept it. He says that he's not interested. Oh. In, yeah, he, he's not interested in any he's, of this. He's anti-vax now. He's well, he says, frankly, this is a quote. He says, frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. Well, that's that's good, Governor Cuomo, because I don't trust their opinion either. So we think is one here. Wait, you you mean to tell me that you guys have been pushing for a centralized government for how long now? Near 100 years, if not more. And now all of a sudden you're on the same boat because Orange Man bad. You don't like a centralized government? Huh. It's almost well, like we've been saying that the entire time. He, he says he says that he wouldn't recommend to New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion to take a coronavirus vaccine. That's what he's saying. New York state will have its own review when the federal government is finished with their review and say it's safe. I don't think a, mo- a majority of Americans are going to take the vaccine anyway. And, you know, Fauci said uh, so, something along those lines. He says, well, it's going to be those anti-vaxxers, the ones that don't take it. They're the ones that are going to be the problem. And the, that's what they're <laughs> going to do. They're going to turn that. They're going to turn it that way. But, yeah, he's uh, he, he's come out. Now, see, this is the kind of thing, because in the initial stages, what did you see? You saw you saw Trump and the Clintons or excuse me, um, uh, Bill Gates and the Clintons come out and take the agenda straight on about vaccines and contact tracing and all that stuff, right? They were they were out there and they decided they were going to take that ball and run with it. Well, what did Trump do 72 hours later? He called a press conference and said, we're going to start the um, Operation Warp Speed, which is like the Manhattan Project for finding a vaccine for this thing. What did that do? That took the agenda away from Gates and the Clintons. Now, because they're playing identity politics in all this nonsense and everything of is what you said, Bruce, orange man bad. It's a dangerous game to play. It's a very dangerous game to play. But see, now what's happening? Now what's happening? They are coming out against the vaccine because Trump is for it. So he's played it back on them. But again, it's a very dangerous game to play because, again, I think he's counting on the fact that the people that support him will be able to see through it to know that it's not going to be effective. Fauci's even said you're lucky to get 40 percent effectiveness out of the thing. You're lucky to get that. You can't rush a vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Let let me be clear on that. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I never have been. Vaccines are a proven thing. We've gotten rid of a lot of stuff, a lot of bad stuff because of vaccines. We got rid of polio. We got rid of uh, what the hell is that? Smallpox and and a lot of other things. So, I mean, these things work, but you cannot rush these things. Do you know how long it takes to develop a vaccine? I've said it here before. It takes seven years. Fauci himself will tell you that. Seven years to develop a vaccine. The most effective vaccine, even according to him, according to the National Institute of Health that we've ever developed, has been the Zika vaccine. And at best, I think what we get like 70 percent results out of that, something like that. Nonetheless, what makes you think that they're going to be able to come up with something like this in less than 12 months? I mean, hell, like I said, it's a coronavirus. It's a common cold. It's a flu. Now, is that to say that it is exactly like the flu? No, no, it's not. Now, I, I don't and I don't like people that make that comparison because everything that we've read up to this point has kind of showed that this is not exactly your your common flu, your common house cold. Statistically, it's there. It, it matches up. Statistically, it's there. But as far as the way that it affects people, vastly different. It's vastly different. It's, this is a strange thing. This is a very strange virus. As we talked a little bit about vaccines, flu vaccines with GP. OK, yes, they make they make flu vaccines every year, of course. They're pushed in the U.S. like nothing I've ever seen. It's crazy. Uh, but the effectiveness rate of them is next to nothing on a lot of things because they only take the top four strains of the year prior. And then they cultivate and then they 
uh, they manufacture that, put it out for the next year. So they take the previous strain, but that's discounting all the other three to 400 strains or whatever it is. So you're probably still going to get the flu, but we haven't cured a common cold. We haven't cured the flu. We haven't even cured a headache and we're going to come up with a vaccine for something like this in less than 12 months. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Common sense tells you that it's bull. Common sense. I was trying to find a poll or something on um, approval rating of uh, Cuomo. But the most recent one I'm seeing is like back in March when he had like an 80% approval rating or May. He had an 87 in May. If this is still the case, if it's still the case that New York is still very concerned about the pandemic, nearly 75% of New Yorkers that were polled at least were very concerned about the the pandemic with 92% concerned. If that's still the case, they may be, they they could be on board with what Cuomo's doing. Now, obviously this is this is um this is a few months old on the data. There hasn't been anything else pulled on this that I'm that I'm finding. Basically what I'm trying to say is, is I don't think people in New York are going to resist the lockdowns. I'm I'm not sure if they're still on board. If a majority of them are still on board with it, they won't resist the lockdowns and the mandates. Unfortunately, I think I might have to agree with you, but uh, time will tell. Now, I wanted to kind of end here on. Do you want to talk about the? Uh, do you want to talk about what's going on in Portland? The last few minutes here can do. All right, so thousands of protesters are headed to uh, to Portland. This is out of the Washington Post, so you have to take this for what it is. Right, thousands of members of the far right. Hear this far right. Proud Boys plan to mass at a park on Sunday afternoon, setting up another clash of liberal and conservative extremes. Uh huh. You see how they're painting this in a city that has become the public front line of combustible and deadly political conflict. That's because you have a useless mayor out there named Ted Wheeler who does nothing. He stands with the with the uh, the rioters in the streets. I love how the opinionated fervor comes out of this article. Listen to this. The so-called Western chauvinist group espouses pro-Trump police friendly rhetoric, but its members have a reputation for sparking fights with the far left that devolve into mayhem. Now, let's make something very clear. I've seen a lot of videos of the Proud Boys. I've seen a lot of videos of Antifa. OK, these are two opposite ends here. OK. And I will I will tell you this, the videos that I have seen, the Proud Boys don't go looking for a fight. It's brought to them. They don't go out and agitate. They wait until they're touched and then they're fully justified in the responses that they give. There's a difference here. So they don't spark the fights. The fights have already been sparked by the people that that antagonize them. Now, if you don't believe me, just go out there and and uh, look on uh, look on YouTube. There's plenty of videos out there of them. You can see it for yourself. Of course, it depends on, I guess, where you look, because a lot of times it's taken out of context. They don't show the full context. This is what Andy No reported on, if you remember, because he's been tracking Antifa for a long time. He spent a lot of time uh, going around, especially in Portland. Uh, he spent some time in Seattle and Chaz uh, when they were up there as well. And what has Andy No documented? especially in Portland with Antifa. They don't show the full context of what is being shown on the TVs. This is what Antifa are trained to do. They are trained to walk up to either law enforcement or someone in the streets or whatever, and they are trained to antagonize, strike them in a certain manner, and then walk away. And then once they walk away, then the cameras get turned on. So it looks like the perception. All they need to do is create perception, but they don't show the full context. This is the part you see as the viewer. You see the freedom fighters out there getting beaten down by the fascist state. That's what you see. You have to understand the context of what you're seeing or the lack thereof 
in a lot of respects. But the Proud Boys are headed back, uh, and they are in Portland right now. I'm I'm following uh, some of the stuff that's uh, that's going on up there, and they are literally just in a park. They are literally in a park. They they and they say that they are not going into the city. So where's the mayhem? Where's the fights? If that's the case, it's it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. See, the media and the far left, they need that fight in the streets. They need that fight. They need that to be shown because then they can look justified in what they're doing, but they're not going to get it. The Proud Boys are smart enough to understand that what they're getting themselves into up there is not going to um, to play into the, the uh, Antifa's hands. Uh, they, they actually... Um... The, the Proud Boys actually tried to do everything legally. They went in and tried to get a permit and everything to have a protest, and they were denied that. And Kate Brown is saying that all the violence is, you know, triggered by these uh, right-wing vigilante types and white supremacists, armed white supremacists. Now, the shootings that we've seen uh, there in Portland, it wasn't a white supremacist. It was literally a white dude that shot Another white dude for being Trump supporter. We, we remember the video. Hey, we've got another one over here. Bang, bang. Shot and killed the guy. Is, is she calling that person a white supremacist? The one that got shot? Or is she calling the one that shot the dude the white supremacist? Uh, because the one that shot the white supremacist was a uh, BLM supporter. She's on top already of that. Declared a, she already declared a state of emergency, by the way. Yeah, of course she did. Uh, on top of that, I don't see the Proud Boys out there burning businesses down to you. I, I don't see them out there uh, smashing storefronts. I don't see them out there looting. I don't see them out there rioting. I, I don't see any of this going on. I don't see them stealing cars at dealership. I don't see them torching car dealerships. No, I don't see, see them doing any see, of these things. That, that's why that's why you're not seeing them, see, because they're they're going there in black block and they're they're blending in oh, with the crowds. Right. right. Those are the proud boys that are out there doing all that. Stuff. That's, <laughs> right. that's the narrative we're hearing right. now, by the way. Yes, of course. Of course. Is that, are you serious? Is that really what they're saying? That's really what they're saying is, is oh some of these God. that are out here that are instigating these um, the, the riots and all that is right wing extremists. Oh, and, please. you know, they're, they're calling proud boys right wing extremists. So. I mean, two and two together, same group. They need, yeah, but they need the struggle that you have to understand. These are far left Marxists that are out there in the streets that are rioting. Okay, these are far left Marxists. I will say that again. They are far left Marxists. Under Marxism, you have to understand the dialectic of the struggle. You have to get that part. That's the very foundation of Marxism. They need the struggle. Everything under Marxism is a struggle. It's a thesis which is a single point, and an antithesis, which is an opposing point. And these two things are the struggle. This is the basis of Marxism. You have to have the struggle between the two points. And then what emerges from that is the new thesis. So it process repeats and carries on. They need the struggle. This is why under Marxism, everything's a struggle. They always talk about, you hear Bernie talk about the struggle and our fight and this and that. This because under Marxism, there is a struggle. They have to have an opposing point and they don't have it. So they have to create it. Even if it's just creating a perception of it with their running dogs in the media, they have to have that. So that's what they're doing here. But I like what Trump's done here. He's going, he's going to designate Antifa and the KKK as terrorist groups. And he's calling it the Black Empowerment Plan. And I would love to see how the media is going to react to this because I've seen one article about this, one, out of the New York Post. I haven't seen it on CNN. I haven't seen it on uh, Fox News. I haven't seen it on ABC, CBS, any of the usual suspects. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Why is that? Why, why is that? Trump unveiled an economic empowerment plan for black Americans in Atlanta on Friday that will designate both Antifa 
and the Ku Klux Klan as terrorist organizations. Where's the media on that? Now, if he would have just... Do you know what the problem is here, don't you? If he would have just done this with Antifa... Oh, he would have been a uh, he would have been a bigot, a racist, and everything else you can imagine. But see, he threw the other one in there. I mean, who are the Ku Klux Klan these days anyway? You know, I was telling Bruce, what are they? Six guys at a Sunoco station in Phoenix? I mean, what what is it? <laughs> yeah, like literally, that's all it is. It, it's it's ridiculous. Like there's, no, I mean, you haven't seen this group in uh, what uh, seventy years. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It, it's almost laughable at this point. Is the election really thirty nine days away? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay, well, I, I got some of the quotes here from, from somebody who was saying here, yeah? Uh-huh. He says, uh, in 39 days, we're going to win four more years in the White House, and we will do it with a record number of votes from the black community. Our movement is welcoming, welcoming millions of black Americans back to the Republican Party, the party of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. Today, I want to share what you have to gain from voting Republican. And then, uh, so, so essentially, this is a little bit of pandering, if you will. But at the same time, this needs to be done. Antifa is a terrorist organization. So, yeah, pander all you want, because this is exactly what we need is Antifa. OK, is all right. All right. Pandering. OK, pandering. All right. I'm on board with you with pandering. But we see the Democrats pandering all day, every day. We can't just pander once. Can we pander one time? It's the right thing, though. It's the it right is. thing. Though. It is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Honestly, why wasn't the KKK declared a terrorist organization a long time ago? I would have thought, what, too many members of Congress were members of it? Possibly? Maybe? Because yeah. Democrats. <laughs> yeah, right. Because Democrats. That's actually where it came from, by the way. That was the militant wing of the Democrat Party back in the day, for those that don't know. They've just flipped it back on itself again. Anyway, all right, we're out of time today, so we are going to have to jump. But thank you for sitting down today, Bruce. For those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes, your echoes, and your comments, and your upvotes. You can follow me over there at janderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. We would humbly ask you to pass this on to friends and family. We're looking to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we would appreciate that. Also, we are on Audible, which is the new podcast platform that Amazon just launched. We are now available on all Echo devices and Fire TVs and Fire Sticks all across the world. So if you're recommending us to someone and they use Audible, you can pass us along. Give us a little plug on that platform as well. We would appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts at your earliest possible convenience or any other respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system and give us a rating. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.